Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Chicago Justice Show. My name is Tracy Siska. I'm the executive director of the Chicago Justice Project. I'm also your host for our show that streams Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5.30 Central. Um, you can find out more about our transparency work and accountability work at chicagojustice.org. If you go there today, you will find headline, basically the big the featured segment is a um, the featured piece is a study we produced and published on Tuesday morning, basically studying 20 years of the um, Committee on Public Safety's agenda items to look at how little they do oversight of the police department and the police accountability system. The results are staggering, so go there and check out that report. Also hit the donate button if you're so inclined to support that work. We have plenty of research coming out this summer. Plenty of additional research. Okay. Today we are covering our main segment is on an article from Kids Becoming Extinct. Great quote, but not a good article. And we'll get into why. Then we're going to talk to about Superintendent Brown on guns from a press conference. We're going to look at a couple tweets of his from there. We're going to talk John Cass's thin line. Like most of his work over the last several years, it is incredibly crapola. And we'll talk about why, and it mirrors, mirrors the trip editorial on unrest and the looting and the protests. Then after the break, we talk about why CWB, Crime in Wrigleyville blog, or CWB Chicago is lying to you. If you're one of their supporters, you're just buying into the propaganda that is trying to be spread on that anonymous blog or whatever the hell the thing is. Then we're talking about cops going to turn to some national stuff, cops on social media, car wreck versus brutality death in Louisiana and L.A. and the cowardice of their political class there as they're adding more cops to the department because of violence related to the pandemic. There's violence in Chicago, violence in L.A. They won't talk about why, but it's because of the pandemic. Okay. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I know that just a short while ago, a couple hours ago, there was a story that broke about a police officer, a Chicago police officer being arrested as part of the insurrection investigation at the Capitol on January 6th. We are making a conscious choice to not talk about it only because I just want to let everything come out and, you know, look at the media about the arrest and look at the comments from the FOP, the Fraternal Order of Police, which are already starting to come out. And I've seen just some quickly things and they are ridiculous. Okay, before we get to our main segment tonight, Follow us on social media. Please, please, please follow us on social media. You can be watching this anywhere from Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. We stream the show to all four of those platforms live Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5.30. We're also in the, we started this last week, and we're going to be continuing to provide content to our Instagram page for the Chicago Justice Show. And we're also going to be um, providing content to TikTok. So... Follow us on all six of those social media platforms. Um, and also, listen to the podcast. We have Chicago Justice Show podcast. It comes out, uh, basically, it's audio of this show. Um, so that usually comes out Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday for everyone listening. I am sorry with the report coming out. We got a little delayed on posting the podcast. We're going to start catching up tomorrow and posting clips to Facebook and YouTube. Starting in about two weeks or so, you're going to start finding unique content. Not just the show content, but unique content 
um, being developed by our nation members, our CJP Nation program. You can go to cjpnation.org and learn more about it. But we're going to have content provided from the nation and um, about other aspects of what we do that is not just on the show. So you can get that through the podcast and hopefully through Instagram and some on TikTok also. Okay, so let's get to our main segment, which is the segment, this article, which is from the Chicago Sun-Times. The title is, Our Kids Are Becoming Extinct. Great quote, right, media? Great quote. Chicago children are being killed by guns at far faster rates than years past. Years past, ladies and gentlemen. Uh-oh, did the Sun-Times do an analysis? Hmm. Maybe. Maybe not. Let's take a look at some of the numbers. So here's the first quote. Chicago, children in Chicago are dying from gun violence at a rate three times higher than last year, according to a Sun-Times analysis. Uh-oh, ladies and gentlemen. Did we catch a hiccup? Maybe a lie, maybe just a BS in the headline, and we catch it in the first line. I think that's the first line of the, yeah, it's the first line of the article, ladies and gentlemen. The first line. Wait a minute. The headline reads, Chicago children are being killed by guns at a far faster rate than years past. Years years that means they would have to count numbers for more than one year what does the quote in the first line say children in chicago are dying from gun violence at a rate three times higher than last year ladies and gentlemen last year wait i thought it was years they're dying much faster than they have in years or is it year oopsies the headline did not deliver that's our dog pepper who, when you're streaming and working from home, decides she wants to chirp in when she does. Sorry about it if she comes up, but I'm sure she's going to bark at some point during the show. There we go. All right. Now, that should give an alarm set. Let's keep going on. Ten children age 15 or younger have been shot dead so far this year, up from three children fatally shot during the same period in 2020, according to Sun-Times records. And that's more than the number killed in all of 2019. Okay, we're starting to get to the years. Starting to. But ladies and gentlemen, again, harping on this. You can't compare what is going on in a pandemic to years that didn't have a pandemic. It is not valid. Now, I don't want any children shot and killed. Everyone shot and killed, whether it's shot by in um, just regular violence, domestic violence, gang violence, drug illicit market violence, shot and killed by the police. They're all tragedies. We should not want any of them to occur. And we certainly should be um, trying to learn from our mistakes and start trying to really prevent them. That's not what we do in the city. We cover up lie and push money towards rich white people and pray that it doesn't happen and finds ways to point fingers, which this administration and this superintendent are experts at. But okay, 10 children aged 15 or younger have been shot dead so far. That's up from three. Okay, so seven more than the same period last year. But remember, ladies and gentlemen, the first like two and a half, three-ish months, two and a half months of 2020 were completely normal. None 
of the first six months or so, five months, five months, because we're not through yet of June, the first five months plushes have not been normal. It's still pandemic. The economy is not, even though things are looking in the right direction, the jobs have not returned. The health, the health insecurity is not all the way back. Housing insecurity isn't all the way back. Employment security, none of that is all the way back, especially the lower you get down on the social economic status and the more you get in the community of colors, which often those intersect, the worse it gets. Bad, 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 bad. Now, the, right in, in statistics, we'd say the N is very small. You're not talking huge numbers. Now, listen, we don't want any of them, right? So let's, let's continue, though. Out of nearly 1,500 shooting victims so far this year, at least 52 victims were 15 or younger, compared to 43 last year, an increase of 21%. The increase is in child shooting victims tracks closely with the overall spike in Chicago shootings, adults included, of 203 so you're talking eight-tenths of a percentage increase over just the average number of shootings in general have increased. What? That's an argument right there. That, that line, and I will read it again, is an argument why you don't publish this article. Out of nearly 1,500 shooting victims so far this year, at least 52 victims were 15 or younger, compared to 43 last year, an increase of 21%. Sounds horrible. The increase in child shooting victims tracks closely with the overall spike in Chicago shootings, adults included, of 20.3%. So shootings went up 20%, and the number of youth shot overall and killed went up 21%. So maybe the headline should be children 15 and unders um, dying in police in, in, in shootings in Chicago last year went up exactly as expected. Spe specifically, just in line with how many shootings have increased. I continue. When looking at the total number of shootings, the rate of children shot, however, is similar to that of last year. So far this year, 3.4% of all shooting victims were 15 years or younger. The same percentage of child victims in 2020. Why are they writing this article? They got that quote and they wanted to exploit it for clicks. That's why this article was written. Those last two lines are why you don't write this article. Regardless of that quote. Next one. I don't understand how we are as a city not absolutely outraged. Reverend Michael Flager, a longtime crusader against gun violence who leads St. Sabina Church in Auburn, Gresham. Our children are becoming extinct. Hello. Ding, 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 ding. We know who wrote it. Now, who gave him that headline? Now, overall, I think Flager... Um means anyone, does not 15 children, he thinks he's talking any teenager basically as children or young adults, I would bet. Um, I have a love, I don't love hate, but I am so, so on the other, on Reverend Flager, um, his support for the atrocity that would be, um, or was going to be 
the Star Wars. It wasn't a Star Wars meme. At Lucas's museum on on the on the lake, in the most, one of the most pristine spots in the city, and he wanted it so that he could. It was going to employ uh, people of color, like five or six, and we're going to give away uh, real estate worth hundreds of millions. We're better off just taking fifty million and giving it to the the number a certain number of people that were supposedly going to be employed, giving them the money and saving the spot. Um. Flager goes on, we'll last one, and then we'll move on. Flager said government officials should tackle the issue the same way they handled the COVID-19 pandemic, with, with massive spending and an all-hands-on-deck approach. And there, the Rev isn't wrong. He really isn't. Now, they're never going to do that. Because no matter who is in the mayor's office, they really don't care about people on the south and west sides. They only want to make it look like they do. They don't. Their main priority is, right, it's the the American president line, the movie Michael Douglas. I was so busy keeping my job, I forgot to do my job. All it is is about getting reelected. It's all it is. Um, I think we've proven that enough with this current administration on this show, and we're going to keep hammering it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on to a segment with David Brown. He, um... He gave a press conference recently. We're going to talk about more about the contents of that next week. Um, but I have some uh, Twitter uh, images, some some tweets that I want to show you and read. Of um, and then we'll we'll discuss them, right? So here's the first one from Chicago Police Superintendent David O. Brown. Earlier today, I held a press I held a press conference where I updated our local media on citywide partnership and coordination. Is part of the Chicago Police Public Safety Strategy. Crap, Ola. If it relies on police almost incredibly, almost exclusively, with only pittance thrown to other things, other other social programs in in communities, it'll never work. Let's get to the second one. Same account. We are at five thousand plus guns recovered so far this year. Every gun recovered is a potential deadly force encounter and arguably a potential for reducing violence. Gun recoveries are one part of formula impact and reduce violence. Superintendents have been talking about the guns recovered in Chicago forever, and I am reminded of, uh, ah, I want to say Pat, but it isn't him. Um, I will get to Superintendent New York. The New York superintendents, it's on the tip of my tongue. I will get to that in a second. Let me read you the third one. Much of the violence we see in Chicago is about gang cultures, revenge, retaliation, and street justice. David O. Brown, thanks for those tweets. I don't know what we would have done without you tweeting something that every superintendent has said every summer for the last hundred years in Chicago. It's guns, it's gangs, it's drugs, it's retaliation. Thank you. I don't know where we would be without that incredible insight. I swear to God, I think... I think we all should just, we should find a video recorder, right? Videotape. We should just, instead of having the superintendents give press conferences every summer, every weekend, or every couple of days about the violence, I think we ought to just record them all for all for one semester and just keep replaying them. There is nothing new here. He's not a new guy. He's a point-the-fingers guy, and he's a propaganda guy. And, um, yeah. We knew it coming. Uh, CJP knew it. I knew it coming. I made calls. We knew it was coming. It is always about the guns. 
It's always about the guns. And yes, guns are an issue. There's no doubt about it. It won't be solved locally. It's got to be a national solution. Um, as you can see on the national level, there's no, there's no appetite on for most people to, to solve it. But you can bet that Superintendent Brown, just like every superintendent before him, is going to be pointing fingers in that direction among many others. Um, I'm soon it, we're going to hear about fathers or something coming soon from him. I also want to talk a little bit and put some context into the whole gun seizure thing in Chicago. Guns are a currency in the police department. All right. And what the police department does and has done and gotten in trouble for before officers have for what they do. Like I've been in rooms with lawyers that have said there, someone gets or some young male of color gets arrested and the cops come to a cell and tell them, you can get us a gun in three hours. We'll let you go. And I know there have been some stings by internal affairs trying to arrest the cops who do this, but that's a rare thing. So the police knowing they can't really do anything about the violence and because gun seizures are measured, police to the gun seizure rather than maybe solving a murder, which is much, much harder. It's easier to get a gun and they get a little gold star. So take the whole gun seizure thing in Chicago with a little grain of salt. William Bratton is in New York, former New York Police Department uh, chief of police commissioner. I think it's called commissioner in New York, and I have my problems with him. You can be sure. But one of the interesting things years ago when I think one of his former people, um, Gary McCarthy was superintendent. He was talking about gun seizures and how they, they New York, the Chicago Police Department sees more guns than New York. And Branton said, well, we're not, our goal isn't gun seizures. Our, our goal is to arrest criminals. We don't care about gun seizures. It's not a currency like it is in Chicago. Um, I thought that was hilarious. But it gives you a little context into the whole gun thing. You're going to be continuing to hear that um, gun thing all summer, next summer, as long as David Brown is in and probably as long as any other superintendent is in. Okay. Next segment, John Cass, columnist from the Chicago Tribune and ultra-right conservative now. His column, the thin line between order and chaos in Chicago and other towns. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't be, what's the word for it? Don't be fooled by what he means by towns. Those are urban centers with people of color. John's just using code because he doesn't want to seem like the overt racist that he may actually be. This column is 100% exploitive. Bottom feeders galore. That's what John does. He writes to them. His, he's got a WLS show, I think, and he does. it's all just bottom feeders. It's just... Um, chum to the anarch the um, insurrectionist class of this country and the suburbs of Chicago it's just complaining here's one quote in just a few days last May there were 15 homicides and 53 shooting victims linked to the protesting and violence more than 2100 businesses damaged and looted 71 buildings set on fire 57 weapons seized and more than 700,000 prescription pills stolen from looted drugstores. 
listen, I don't want to rip the business owners, but do I trust everything they put on insurance claims about what was stolen from their businesses? Not a chance. Not a chance. But I'm sure there were at least a few hundred thousand pills stolen. But I don't know why he would pick on that. It sucks for the people who need those prescriptions. There's no doubt about that. I don't want damage, buildings damaged, but I wanted to focus on the 15. Were those shootings that were looter shooting looter, protest shooting looter, looter shooting protester? Were those two people who already had a beef and just found each other at a protest, at the unrest, at some looting scene and shot each other? Context would be nice. Were those the 15 murders? Were they the only murders in Chicago that night and that weekend? Because over a few days, 15 murders in May isn't something that's unexpected by any stretch. We continue. The small number of arrests, 157, when compared with all the damage and fear, tells you what you need to know about the Cook County justice system. Ladies and gentlemen, John Cass does not like Tony Preckwinkle, does not like Kim Fox, does not anything like progressive reforms, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't. And you know why? Because he's lying there. He's lying. I'll get to it in a minute. Mayor Lightfoot had no clue what was coming, though other police killings had sparked earlier riots in other towns. She did not want the National Guard in Chicago, but later panicked and realized she needed them. Okay, now, I might be wrong, ladies and gentlemen, and yes, they were so far behind. Who in the city is responsible primarily for police response to unrest and planning for it. Anyone? Anyone? The Chicago Police Department. But understand, John loves the police. They're heroes. They're the ones guarding that thin blue line, which is what John really means with that thin line comment. That's why he's blaming the black gay woman as mayor. Now, don't get me wrong, she was behind also. But the real evidence out of the Inspector General's report, which John is kind of talking about here, but not doing it right, is the simple fact, John, that the people most behind were David Brown and his command staff. They got the same intelligence the state police got and the same intelligence the Cook County Sheriff's got. They ignored it. They didn't think anything was coming. What did they report to the mayor with David Brown's 30 years of experience on riots? I mean, in, in policing, and he had already been a police chief in Dallas for like six years. All that experience, he tells the mayor nothing's coming. We're prepared. There's no nothing to worry about. Nothing's coming. Oopsies. So let's continue with Mr. Cass. Mayor Lightfoot had no clue what was coming. The other police kill. Oh, no, we did that. According to the city's own Inspector General scathing report. Uh-oh, he alludes to it, but he must not have read it thoroughly. Lightfoot was overwhelmed. She was unprepared, as were other mayors. Downtown businesses were destroyed. They smashed, they smashed glass on Michigan Avenue, a testament to her failure. In the neighborhoods depleted of police, many small and large businesses were also looted and burned. 
still, ladies and gentlemen, he has not mentioned the department within the city that we spend nearly $1.7 billion on that is in charge of this response. Why, John? Why no mention of the cops? The inspector general's report ripped Lightfoot, and it should have, and so should you. But they also ripped David Brown and his staff. Got quotes from the state police and the sheriff's office like, we don't know what, we knew it was coming. We prepared, we sent people. That's not an accident, John. It's on purpose. You're doing that on purpose. Here's a quote from John, which is hilarious. He's he's seems like he cares about the South and West sides. Let's let's see, because you know, man, you couldn't read it from anything else he's ever written that he cares about anyone black or brown. I thought I'm a black owned business. They're not going to bother me, said Howard Boiling, owner of the Rose Roseland Pharmacy at one one two five four South Michigan Avenue. That's right. John now cares about black and brown people in Chicago and their businesses and their homes and their communities. He cares as long to he can exploit them to rip a mayor and rip a state's attorney. Now, ladies and gentlemen, otherwise he doesn't care. I'm going to save what I'm going to say. We're going to move on to the next segment. Um, he, he's such a bottom feeder. It's ridiculous. And his mainly going towards bottom feeders. Segment four, editorial titled Tribune Investigation, the toll for looting took, the the toll of looting took by the numbers. Real quick, ladies and gentlemen, on the podcast version of this, the post on our site that leads it up, that sends it up to the podcast services, Apple, Google, Stitcher, um, all of them, as many as we can be on, the post itself on our site has all the images and links so you can go to our site and get those if you so choose okay so this is where john got the 15 people or at least the tribune continued about 15 people shot and killed with another 53 injured in protest related shootings and that time period examined what is a protest related shooting i will tell you they hate they don't have a clue it's just a stat they're repeating one of their bad crime reporters probably cited that, and here they are just repeating it. Now, here's the piece that is most interesting. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, you can't recall bad stats. This is why it's so important for reporters to get them right, because when they don't, it just keeps echoing down, and you can't stop it no matter how bad the stats are. To a state's attorney who encouraged presumption of dismissal for low-level charges after the first wave of looting in May, Fox also instructed her prosecutors on offenses including aggravated battery to a police officer and mob action to require police body cam footage and proof proof offenders' actions were intentional and or malicious in nature to proceed, according to the Sun-Times in June 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, what were they supposed to do? This is the same trope that has been on, that was echoed by Mike Flannery from Fox 32 and Greg Heinz from Cranes. They both, in this instant, were horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. Right? It's just the way it goes. The courts, by the time the protests started happening, 
and the unrest came. The courts were closed, ladies and gentlemen. Cook County Jail was being emptied because of COVID. There was nothing, anything that the Cook County State's Attorney's Office could do. Low-level charges for looting. What were those low-level charges for looting? What could they be? What it was, the presumption of dismissal was for low-level cur um, curfew violations under low-level uh, BS charges trumped up by the Chicago Police Department. Fox is like, no, we're not prosecuting for that. The Tribune slants it because, God, the mecca of dishonesty is that editorial board for looting. What are low-level looting charges? Spell it out, Tribune editorial board, but they can't. They're incapable of it. Because it's a pro they're a propaganda spreader rather than you know independent people thinking for themselves. It's just a propaganda sheet, the editorials. Did we really want to keep people arrested for low level like uh, curfew violations, other low level stuff during the during the protest for George Floyd? Did we want to keep them in jail during COVID? Now, if you look back in the Tribune, could have looked back. There has been research done at how much the entrances and people getting in and leaving Cook County Jail caused massive spread of corona, of the COVID-19 virus, into the south and west sides of Chicago. And that was with DART releasing some people. The Tribune wanted more of it. When they wrote this, that evidence was already out there. They could have known what they would have done, but they don't care. They want to blame someone. They want to blame a black woman. They want to blame a progressive prosecutor. They don't care what the science shows. They know best. White people know best. They knew. Don't matter anything that Fox does that they hate because it's evidence-driven, science-driven. They hate it. It's got to be wrong because white people's common sense is, especially if you're conservative, is better than any study you can possibly do. This is basically a political attack from a, the Tribune editorial board. We should just get rid of Tribune editorial boards, period. Even when they're occasionally right, they still suck. We should just get rid of them, put the money towards investigative reporters. We'd all be much better off. Once again, this in this editorial, no blaming the police. Mm -mm. They don't blame the police at all, even though Brown's actions during and leading up to the... <laughs> um, the protests and the unrest were horrific and the inspector general's office documented it, but seems like the Tribune specifically targeted one section, probably the least relevant section of the criminal justice system at the time. Okay, we're going to take a one minute break and we will be back after this information about our nation program that, by the way, did all the research for our study that came out on Tuesday. We'll be right back. Join a group of engaged and committed individuals advocating for transparency and accountability in the local justice system around the country. Get engaged through crowdsourced research projects, digital activism, public policy advocacy, or become a social media ambassador. Our criminal justice system will not reform itself. Communities must demand it. Transparency can be the fuel for justice our local communities need to combat the weaponizing of data by our justice system. 
Transformation of our justice system cannot occur until we know exactly what they are doing and who they are doing it to. Get involved today. CJP Nation. All right, we are back. If you're a subscriber to the Crime and Wrigleyville blog, Crime Sheet, Crime Rag, Propaganda Sheet, Exploitative Political Operation Hiding and Masquerading as a News Outlet, then you're in luck. No, I'm just kidding. You're being lied to left and right, um, or at least tainted, where they're just tainting what they give you. So let me set this up, ladies and gentlemen. Well, let me show you the article first, then I'll read the headline. Weekend bond court yields even more cases of people having guns while on bail for gun charges. Wow, that is an amazing journalistic job there, ladies and gentlemen. Now, what are they talking about? Excuse me. Well, they're talking about the fact that the state's attorney, the chief judge, and others, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, a empirical study done by Loyola University's professors, Dr. Don Steeman and Dr. Dave Olson, have all proven that bail reform has not contributed to a spike in crime or violence. In fact, bail reform happened long before the pandemic and crimes continued to stay flat or go down. It had no impact. It didn't, we'll learn if it had an impact during the pandemic, but it's gonna be hard to figure it out because they were releasing so many people from Cook County Jail and prisons anyways, and the unbelievable stressors that the pandemic put. Now, progressives and researchers saying, no, there's not an increase in violent crime using guns gun violence now while people are out on bail for for gun charges now crime in Wrigleyville is trying to lie to you here because they have a more expansive definition the one Lightfoot and David Brown both dishonest actors in this issue are talking about they want anyone caught with a gun to be held in Cook County Jail without bail so on what's called unlawful use of a weapon now don't buy into that political name that just means by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that you possess the weapon without a firearms owner identification card. You haven't registered your gun. Okay, so what the progressives are saying, what Fox is saying, what Judge Evans is saying, what the researchers are saying is people that are get arrested for various types of gun crimes, gun possession being one of the most common ones, while out on bail are not committing violent gun crimes. They're not contributing to a serious number of shootings. What Crime and Wrigleyville blog is saying, oh no, we're finding people that are out on bond for gun crimes and they're getting rearrested for gun crimes. Yes, but gun possession, unlawful use of weapon, gun possession is not a violent crime and never has been Lightfoot, Brown, Crime and Wrigleyville blog, John Cass, Paul Vallis, the, the, the like white militant conservative, alt-conservative group of society, Alderman Raymond Lopez. So you don't actually actually to be necessarily, you can also be Latino in that crowd. They want gun possession prosecuted as a violent crime. It isn't. People, and the reason people have always, to some degree, gotten low bail for violent crimes, ladies and gentlemen, 
um, some people on South and West Sides who didn't have long records of violence is because because the, the, some of the communities are so violent that you, some people need guns to protect themselves. It's awful, but the policing, there's no way to police our way out of it, but all we do is police our way out of it, even though the mayor and the superintendent and everyone that's been here for the last 100 years says we're not going to police our way out of it, all we do is try to police our way out of it. Anyways, this is what they're doing. It's oddly that crime in Wrigleyville, who hates Brown and hates Lori Lightfoot, are mimicking their language. It's all dishonesty. Lightfoot, about a couple weeks ago, Lightfoot's, um, in a hack of emails, it got outed that Lightfoot's deputy, or deputy mayor, deputy chief of staff for public safety, Susan Lee, when Lightfoot first said that, I think it was in 2019, got a tremendous blowback from the community, from researchers, from the anti-violence people working on the street, the interrupters and everything. And she authored a memo internally and said, we got to stop saying this. I talked to the police department. The police department could only find two people out on bail for gun crimes, right? That committed violent crimes with guns. Violent crimes with guns. Not got picked up for possession because that's not a violent crime. And obviously that memo went nowhere because Lightfoot has continued spilling that out. And David Brown just did it this week. We'll talk about it next week, but he just can't help himself. He, he can't help himself but blame others. Um, it's like he's got some disease that makes him just do it every every so many hours. <sighs> so sad. Okay, we're going to move on to our next segment, Cops on Social Media. It could not have hit at a better time, us doing this segment. It'll lead up to what we're going to do on Monday about the officer, Chicago cop who just got arrested today for taking part in the insurrection and by the way, had a Chicago Police Department hoodie on and took a selfie in a senator's office. Man, they make these guys brilliant, don't they? Okay. So it's a Washington Times article, so it's a little more on the national, but we're going to bring it back to Chicago. Cops outraged after being canceled from jobs for slamming Black Lives Matter on social media. Now, ladies and gentlemen. For years, the police department says, they say, well, we're never really off the job. We're required to carry our guns with us. We're always cops. That's the way it goes. Okay. Well, there's some responsibility with the job. And some of that is not to display hatred for any group of people at any point ever, including social media. And if you're that dumb, you deserve to be fired just for being stupid. Now, remember, ladies and gentlemen, four years in, years in, years now, we've been holding school athletes, uh, high, school, high school school athletes, college school athletes, high school students, college students. They have to, you know, they participate in these extracurricular activities. Some have to get drug tested. They have to sign these oaths of, like, conduct. All these executives, all the big firms, they all have, um, you know, don't embarrass the company ethics statements they sign. Why not? I mean, if we can do it for a high school athlete, why not a Chicago police officer or a police officer? We give a gun and a license to kill. Right. And the greatest example of this is you're going to hear about why he's already protesting this this week, but he's protesting in the police board right now because he's on his way to probably being fired. John Contanzaro, the FOP chair, the FOP president. We have an investigation coming out in early July on Mr. Contanzaro, but real quick, he's got 50 complaints, mostly from internal sources. So. He's a great cop. One of the best. If you take best as like one of the worst. <laughs> but um, basically what this is about is cops saying, 
misogynistic, racist things against a group like women or black women or Latino women or Black Lives Matter in this case. And um, they don't want to take responsibility for it. Just to let you know, they are terrorists, she wrote in June 2020. They hate me. They hate my uniform. They don't care if I die. That is a cop, and I forgot where this cop is from. It's irrelevant. But she wrote that on Facebook about Black Lives Matter. Yep, all Black Lives Matter people, because they're black, hate you. And they want you dead. You know, the city council, the police department didn't do anything. I think they suspended her for a short period of time. Or maybe gave her no discipline. And the city council was like, no, 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 no. She's got to go. She's got to go. You can't be that, have those views and be a cop. Now, as we're going to see, I bet you there's more Chicago police that were at that insurrection on the 6th. And we've seen from cops all over the country in the military, uh, former military and current military from all over the country that have been arrested. Just because they're not putting it on social media doesn't mean they harbor the views. But once you make them public, you got to go. How is anyone, black or brown, going to think that you have any credibility in any case you testify about what a black or brown person does or when you get in to have to use force against a black or brown person or, God forbid, shoot them and kill them? You have no credibility. How can you do that job? Katanzara wants the best of both worlds. And this is why he's so full of crapola. He wants all the super benefits of being a police officer in a 24-hour-a-day job, and we keep our guns with us, we're never not cops. But once I'm off the clock, I can put anything on social media and be totally free of your things. The reality is you're not totally free of anything. No one is. You can get fired. Just about anyone in this country can get fired, I guess maybe some unionized jobs. You get fired? Like if I put racist and misogynist things up on social media, my board of directors would can me in about an hour. Especially if he made it out into the press. What is he talking about? No one's immune from that. Right? He wants that for everyone else but himself and the police department. But that's what he is. He's an everyone else guy. Which makes him and Brown and Lightfoot such a triplets. Because, God, do they love pointing fingers at everyone else. Um, but... I'm not shocked, and no one should be, that cops are putting crappy shit on social media and the city councils and departments don't want anything to do with it. It's shocking. I'm not sure how you expect to keep your job when you put outrageous, misogynist things, and then that's going to be used against you in court. Um, and probably at the worst time when we actually have someone, you caught someone who murdered someone or raped someone, and that person gets off because, excuse me, excuse me, about what you put on social media. Okay. This one, before I go to it, this is a CNN story. Um, I got it through Apple News, but it's titled, His family says they were, they were told he died in a car wreck. Video shows now shows Ronald Green was kicked, dragged, and tased by police. Yep. Another one. Another one. He was also, I think, handcuffed and tased while face down and for like nine minutes. Does that sound familiar? They didn't have his knee on his neck, but now he got, they tried to do a traffic stop. He ran. He ended up getting to a car accident and then the police were very unhappy with him. 
So I'm gonna show you the CNN report. It kind of shows some things that they did to him, but I'm, I wanna show you the report. It's only, I think about three minutes. And then um, we're gonna talk about it because it's really, the facts of this are really interesting of some Louisiana state troopers during an incident with a black motorist two years ago in which the man died. The incident was captured on body cam video, which is now being seen by the public for the first time. A warning, it is disturbing to watch. Here's CNN's Ryan Young. I'm your brother, I'm scared. Terrifying pleas from Ronald Green after a high-speed chase led to a deadly confrontation with Louisiana State Police just outside the city of Monroe in May of 2019. Get out here! In body cam video obtained by the Associated Press, troopers can be seen repeatedly punching Green after dragging him out of his vehicle. Taser, taser, taser! Troopers tase Green multiple times while he's face down on the ground as they attempt to handcuff him. Another trooper can be seen kicking green. All right. All over. This guy ain't got the Associated Press released three segments of the original video, which it says is 46 minutes long. Only two of the video clips have audio. CNN has neither reviewed or obtained the original video, and it's unclear what occurred before or in between the video clips. The video is being seen by the public for the first time, but the incident took place two years ago. The body cam footage is shocking considering the way the encounter was described in Louisiana State Police initial report in 2019, which says troopers attempted to pull Green over for an unspecified traffic violation that ended when Green crashed his vehicle. The report also says, quote, Green was taken into custody after resisting arrest and a struggle with troopers. Green died on the way to the hospital, the report said. At no time of the video can troopers be seen trying to render any medical aid to Green, who according to the Associated Press, was face down and moaning for more than nine minutes. CNN has reached out to the attorneys for the officers for comment. Lee Merritt is an attorney for the Green family and spoke to CNN. It's not only what you're seeing, but the sounds that go with it. You can hear him screaming and writhing in pain. As he says, I'm your brother, please stop. I'm sorry, I was just scared. The Department of Justice is investigating the incident and in a statement to CNN, the Louisiana State Police says, the premature public release of investigative files and video evidence in this case is not authorized and was not obtained through official sources. LSP is confident in the judicial system and fair review of this incident and continues to offer our full cooperation. Unauthorized release of evidence undermines the investigative process and compromises the fair and impartial outcome for the Green family, LSMP employees, and the community. We are unable to provide any further information at this time. Green's mother tells NBC she thinks the Louisiana State Police murdered her son. They beat him with the purpose of letting him just die. Ryan Young, CNN, Atlanta. Ryan, thank you very much. Green's family filed a federal wrongful death suit on May 6th of 2020, which alleges Green was brutalized by Louisiana State Police and Union Parish deputy officers, which caused his death. The lawsuit alleges officers used lethal force against him. The defendants filed a motion to dismiss the lawsuit. An attorney for the Green family tells CNN that the case has stayed pending the outcome of the criminal investigation. All right, we're back. Hmm. What are we to think about the Louisiana State Police? 
So how, I got a question from Slack, how did the get released? I think it was leaked to the AP. Um, I haven't seen anything about the, the question was, wait, wait, how, um, how did the footage get released? I, it was leaked to the AP. There, I haven't seen accusations that the, the, the plaintiff's counsel did it. So my assumption is that someone in the police department leaked that video. That would be my guess, or it could be the prosecutors if they're looking into it. So, but I don't think they are, but let's, let's look. Right. He was down for nine minutes, face down. They were tasing him while he was face down. Once they search him, which they can do, why were they tasing him? Why were they kicking him if he's face down? What is going on? You keep wanting you hear from all these these uh, these cops about how things have changed. They haven't changed on a dark road in Louisiana. If you're a black man, you got two white cops after you. Yes, he shouldn't have ran, but there's no telling if this would have happened if he didn't run. This is exactly what he feared, and he got what he feared. So I want to point to a couple things, though. The two officers involved in the incident were reprimanded for their actions that night two years ago, including not following procedures for body-worn cameras. That means the Louisiana State Police reviewed it and thought their actions were good. Or mildly not good. One officer is on administrative leave. Hold on. Wait. One officer on administrative leave in connection with a separate incident. Another officer received a 50-hour suspension, according to Louisiana State Police spokesman. They didn't stop. Well, one officer has done something else. This is what happens when you don't do something about them killing someone on the street. A third officer, who was heard in the auto audio recording last year, described beating the ever-living shit out of green. Died in a single vehicle crash in September, so he can't face anything. When you hear the cops say, we've changed, we're changing, we don't do that, this, here's another one. Add him up. Add Ronald Green's name to the ever-growing list of people that should have not died at the hands of police. What the hell were they doing? They obviously felt empowered, and they obviously were. The, the, Illinois, the Louisiana State Police looked at it, and what did they do? They reprimanded them because they did something with their body cameras that wasn't in, not in line with the guidelines. Maybe not tase a guy when you got him face down on the ground for nine minutes. Maybe that. Maybe worry about whether or not that's going to kill him. Okay, we're going to move on to our last segment, and we should have called this one, um, and maybe I'll put it online when we put the segment online, the political cowardice of our political class. And here we're in L.A. All right, this is a story. This is L.A., but from the New York Times. A year after George Floyd, pressure to add police amid rising crime. Maybe all political terms should be one year, one term. That way we wouldn't have, politicians could do what they wanted to do and not have to worry about getting reelected. It's like pure insanity, right? 
So what did the pandemic, like crime was going down steadily in LA, then the pandemic hit and things are crazy because of the economic insecurity, job insecurity, housing insecurity, and health insecurity. Pandemic worldwide, unprecedented levels of stress on all four of those and more, right? Especially your families with kids. What do we do? Oh, you know, in response to crime that sparks up like that, we're gonna add cops. Even though after George Floyd, we took money away from the department, we're going to give them all that money back to hire 250 more cops. You think in a city size of L.A., 250 cops is going to make a dent on this crime and violence related to the pandemic? I bet you if you asked the mayor and he got an honest answer, he would say no. And this is purely a political show. But what he's doing is tossing that money could be used for social programs that actually can make a difference. So here's a couple quotes. A year after the streets echoed with calls to defund law enforcement, city leaders embraced the message by agreeing to take 150 million away from the Los Angeles Police Department, or about 8% of the department's budget. The city last week agreed to increase the police budget to allow the department to hire about 250 officers, essentially restores the cuts that followed the protests. They didn't learn anything from the protests or they just don't simply care because they're too busy doing their, keeping their job to do their job. Here's a quote from the mayor. I won't argue there is substandard housing, education, broken family, substance abuse, the systems that are racist and have systemic issues that have gone on for generations, he said when asked about the demands of protesters. But the fix of that is not eliminating the police. Right? You're right. Not getting rid of them completely? Sure. You know what's also not a fix? Giving them more police. Here's one that I think is hilarious. This is not him. This is a quote from the, this is from the, the article. Criminologists and law enforcement leaders largely blame the rise in violence on two things. Historic increase in gun buying by Americans with a flood of illegal so-called ghost guns, often assembled with parts bought online and untraceable, and the despair and economic devastation of the pandemic. Ladies and gentlemen, ghost guns, they are popping up, but they're not related. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're not making a massive increase. It's a lie. That's hysteria, hysterics, bullshit propaganda from the departments and from police supporters to get more cops. It's a lie. And even if it isn't, 250 more cops in LA ain't going to make a damn bit of difference. But the mayor hopes that it's just going to go down normally as the pandemic recedes, but he can get the credit for doing it. It's totally exploiting it. Criminologists and law enforcement leaders largely blame. What do you mean? Largely blame the what? On historic gun buying? You're nuts. That's pure insanity. Pure insanity. People in the most underserved communities in L.A., they just didn't start buying guns, my friend. Those guns are always available and have been for decades. If you have a couple hundred bucks on you or 50 bucks sometimes, you can rent them. They rent them. This is what they do in Chicago and cities all over the country. That is not it, my friend. That's just BS. What criminologists we don't know. Put some name to them. Um, I bet you he took, that journalist took a quote from some criminologist or some police chief that he said, that said that to him. And he just took it and ran with it and made it his own. That's bullshit. Is the, uh, 
disparate economic devastation of the pandemic, yeah, that's about 95% of it, ladies and gentlemen, 98, 99% of it. And what the mayor did here in LA is just take away the things that are actually going to make that better and put more cops on the, on the police, on the, on the street. 250 more cops. Congratulations, Mr. Failure. That's all you're going to get. It's the, the pandemic, as the pandemic continues to pass and higher people get vaccinated, people are returning to jobs and in offices and life semi-returns to normal in most of the urban areas anyways because people are getting vaccinated, crime and violence are going to go down. And if he could just stay the course, he can't because he's a politician and um, they're basically worthless. Um, he's just exploiting it and he's going to hire more cops um, regardless of why he doesn't care. He just thinks people like it and it'll win him points. Okay. Thank you for being with us, ladies and gentlemen. We really appreciate it. We will be back Monday at 530. Once again, follow us on Instagram at Chicago Justice Show, TikTok. Um, starting next week or the week after, we'll be producing content, unique content for both of those channels. Um, besides us streaming as we are here. Thank you so much. We will see you Monday at 530.